Welcome to Let's Swipe Online Dating Stories. All right, guys, um, welcome back from our quick little break. Uh, we're still doing our Q&A. So I have a few more questions that kind of came in um, from a couple different people. So I'm just going to I'm just going to read through those questions. So this one I thought was pretty interesting. It says, when do you need to have the DTR? Um, do people even ask other people to be their girlfriend anymore? Uh, girl to be their girlfriend anymore? So let's say we've been talking for six months and I don't want to be at the farmer's market and run into somebody who's like, oh, is this your girlfriend? And I'm sort of like, I don't know. We haven't talked about it. This is awkward. So I guess that question is just really like when to have the DTR, how to have the DTR as adults, many of whom have been, you know, like married and divorced. It sometimes feels weird, I guess, to say like, hey, are you my boyfriend? <laughs> are you my girlfriend? What does DTR stand for? Yeah, I was going to say, like, am I out the loop? I know DTF, but is, oh, is, is it DTR? DTR is define the, rela- like, define the relationship. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> That's probably helpful. <laughs> I figured it was something like that, but I'm just like, down to what? Yeah. Down to uh, that, well, that was... Down to... Down to rock. Yeah, no, um, define the relationship. So, yeah, it's like, when do you have that conversation? And is it, can that be awkward? Because it's like, it sounds like this person maybe has been with somebody for a while, but they haven't actually defined what they are. So how do they introduce? And I guess this question probably is coming up more and more for people as they emerge from COVID, maybe, and they have started seeing somebody, and now they're going out and meeting friends. I don't know. What if you're sort of like, who's this person? You're like, uh, <laughs> it's gotta be a case by case, you know, like how you feel about it, how they feel about it, how you feel about talking about it with people, you know, or on the, the other hand, you're the, the passive party being like, so how do you feel about this? And the person who's answering the question is like, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like, I get, I mean, in this scenario where you're just like at the farmer's market and not intending to introduce that person to somebody, but it does seem like, you know, if I was going to go to a party and bring somebody, I mean, if, and we were like exclusive, I think I would say like, okay, so you're coming and meeting my friends. Like, how do you want me to introduce you? You know, cause it's like, it's one of those things where a lot of times you do know what you are to somebody, but you don't always want to put a label on it. I kind of tend to avoid that question. Like, if I bring someone new around, I'll just say, oh, this is Bob. And I won't even put a, I'll just introduce them by name without any kind of, I won't introduce them as a friend or or a partner or anything. But if someone asks you directly, oh, is this your boyfriend? There's really no avoiding that. Well, yeah, but what if you hadn't talked to Bob about whether or not he's your boyfriend? What if you guys are hanging out all the time and sleeping together, but you don't actually have that definition yet? That boy, I I don't know. I would probably just look at him and and shrug and say, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> which or you just say something, you know, and then later on you'd be like, S- 
So let's talk about this. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would probably divert to some sort of joke or sarcasm and be like, I don't know. Do you want to take this one? <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> without. I don't any- know. I feel like that's rough to do if it's your friends. Like, I could see that you doing that if it was that person's friends. But it's like, if I brought somebody to a party and Erica was like, oh, is, uh, you know, is this your boyfriend? I would, like, I feel like I should answer that because that person already is coming into something that's not his element. He's meeting all of my friends, you know? Yeah, I guess you could divert and say, we'll get back to you. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think also my friends would not ask that. I don't think feel like any of us yeah. would do that. I don't know. I'm kind of tempted to be an asshole <laughs> if you have a really funny <laughs> It's a slightly invasive question. It, it's probably meant well, but it is slightly invasive. Like, I don't know anybody who would phrase it like that. They would just be like, oh, who's your friend? Or, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I might hedge it off if you didn't want to have those labels and just be like, oh, yeah, you know, this is uh, my friend that I've been seeing. It's like, I feel like that takes care of a lot of it. Like, Mm -hmm. people know what that means if you're seeing somebody, you know, or, oh, this is my date. It's like, you don't need to ask for anything more than that. Like, I'm letting you know, yeah, don't flirt with him because he's on a date with me. But you don't need to know how involved we are right now. Yeah. Um, And so then there's a follow-up part of this. So um, this seems like something that maybe happened during COVID. Um, So so she says, um, and is it weird to be exclusive with someone you haven't met in real life yet? I was seeing someone long distance during COVID, and she wanted to be exclusive. What's the boundary? What do you guys think? Again, I feel like it's a conversation slash, like, case-by-case basis, like, what do you two agree is exclusionary? Like, um, you know, like, what are the parameters that you both, like, agree to? Because it's not like this black and white answer, you know? Well, it doesn't sound, I mean, it sounds like this person, like, was asked by the long distance to be exclusive, so... The conver- that was the conversation. Like, the person they were talking to wanted to be exclusive, and they were just like, is this weird? Which, I mean, oh. I think it'd be weird to be exclusive with someone I've never met before. Yeah, if you really like them, and you're already in lockdown, then why not? You know? When I was in college, I, I dated a guy that it, it took us two years to meet because we were both poor and in college, and there was a 4,000-mile distance gap between us. I don't want to say that we were exactly exclusive, but we were we had agreed that we were like seeing each other, but we didn't meet for two years. And the yeah, whole well, like, trying to be like, exclusive thing did not work out real well because I mean that was just a lot to expect. Yeah, I mean I would I I mean I think like hey we're seeing each other is different than hey we're exclusive. It's like yeah. hey I'm committed to seeing with you where this goes, but also you live four thousand miles away. Mm-hmm. I might go on a date with somebody else. Right. I think it's different once you've met, but maybe mm-hmm. not. 
Maybe that's just my own perception of. Well, after after he and I met, we were exclusive. Or we tried, you know, we tried to be as much as we could. But that didn't work out so well. Maybe it's our modern technology makes it easier because now you can FaceTime, you can call, you know, it's not, we didn't have the same restrictions like money-wise or connectivity-wise that we had before. So it's completely doable, you know, especially, you know, you really like the person and you're like, I'm willing to put everything else possibly relationship wise on hiatus because I feel like you're worth it. You know, it, I mean, people do it. Um, usually it's after they met each other in real life, but given the circumstances, you know, it's, it's completely plausible. Or something. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, I mean, for so many of the questions, it's case by case basis, right? I mean, well, yeah. Um, I, I will say, I think I would have found it, I would find it weird if I was talking to someone who lived long distance and I'd never met them and they wanted to be exclusive. I think that I would, I would kind of, yeah, I mean, I think for me, I want to, I need to meet you first. I think long distance relationships can work. And I think that there are reasons for long distance relationships to be exclusive. Obviously it just seems, it does seem weird to me. I think I'd be a little put off, like slow down. What's the rush? Why do we need to be exclusive when we haven't yet met? Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. But I don't know. Agree. Listeners, any thoughts? Listeners, what do you think? <laughs> All right, there's one more from this list, this this listener. Um, so she says, should there be a test on Bumble where, and obviously she's a lesbian based off of her other questions. Um, should there be a test on Bumble where aggressive lesbians don't get to message first? There are just as many sketchy women out there as there are men. And it can be a little unnerving sometimes. So I don't know if this is really our lane because we don't, we've never um, experienced the same sex Bumble. But for people who haven't been on Bumble, um, in a hetero uh, side of Bumble, the women message first, men cannot message first. But then um, for the um, gay Bumble, then obviously it's same. Um, gender and they whoever wants to message first can message first and so yeah I mean like as a heterosexual woman or straight woman whatever wording you prefer like yeah we don't have to worry about men being like hey sexy or sending us you know dick pics of a hello but I guess when you're on the you know gay and lesbian part of the app it's sort of like anything goes and so the whole purpose of Bumble to like try to help with some of that aggressive messaging, I guess doesn't really apply necessarily to that side. It sounds like from, it sounds like from this question anyway, from this person's experience. I hope that we can get somebody with um, who is lesbian or gay, you know, or somebody who can talk to us about that because yeah, I 
never even thought about that as a straight woman, but I yeah. I would imagine that'd be off-putting considering you're in a safer space than any other, you know, like website just lets any old yahoo, you know, talk to you. So um, I would like to hear more about that. Um, yeah. I, would, I would hope that, you know, maybe there's some sort of like department that has heard about that and has some sort of algorithm or an actual life person, a place where if someone is being harassed by somebody of the same sex, they can be like, hey, you know, yeah. fix this. And they'll be like, okay, you know. Yeah, I would, yeah, I would to go about answering that because I have zero experience with that. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think about, okay, well, what would I do if a, how, how do you, handle it if, aggress- if an aggressive guy emails you, but that's not really, like, they've made it hard for that to happen now, so it's been a long time since I've had to deal with something like that. Yeah, and I mean, I guess, you know, you can unmatch, but if you want, there must be a way to report someone, but if anybody knows, um, and they want to write in and kind of help help this listener with this question, we would love to have that and then pass that on. I, I think we're not really qualified to even take a guess on this since that's not the cited app that we have experience with. But if there's anybody out there who does, what do you think about that? Do you think that there should be, um, or maybe something on Bumble that says, I want to be the person who reaches out first, or I want to be the person who gets approached, you know, and that you can choose. Um, and that can be kind of on your profile. I don't know. But then what happens if two people who, who are like, I want to be approached like each other, I don't know. Yeah, so I don't know the answer. But if anybody has any ideas, let us know. She did not want her name identified for the podcast. But thank you so much for writing in those three questions. They were all interesting. It sounds like you have had um, quite the COVID dating experience year, just judging from those questions. And hopefully, um, hopefully you are seeing somebody that you might run into uh, a friend at the farmer's market and have to introduce them as your girlfriend. So um, good luck to whatever that relationship is. All right. Okay. This, this is from another listener. It's another two part question. (laughs) I I think we're going to have some fun with this one. Um, And this is from somebody named Tom. So thanks Tom for writing in. Um, And he just has two quick questions. He says, if you believe in the one through 10 scale of people's appearances, how far outside of their number can they date? For example, if someone is a six, should they be trying to date other people who are sixes and sevens, or could they date farther outside of their number? Since the number scale is so subjective and arbitrary, I'm going to put it out there like it's, you know, how you have a, 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 a an age range. Like if you're 40, you're going to date four years up and four years down. Mm-hmm. However, that's how I would see that. Like, I think you could totally, you know, if you're a six, try for an eight, be willing to go for a four because... What is someone's six is someone else's eight. Yeah, I mean, I also just think, I guess I don't really believe in the one through ten, or I try not to believe in the one through ten scale. Um, Because, I mean, it is, like, and I remember, like, in in college, this guy that I was, like, Matt, I mean, 
madly in love, lust, obsession, everything with, like, I mean, and he is, if I were to have a type, he's still what I would describe as my type. And, like, I mean, I thought he was, like, the most gorgeous man I'd ever met. And my friends were like, really? (laughs) And, I mean, I would have said he was a freaking 20 on a 1 through 10 scale. (laughs) I mean, you know, and they... So it's like it is all arbitrary. And I think so much of it also has to do with personality. And so maybe there's somebody who, according to society, would be a six, but they're an asshole. So really, they're a three, because like, why do you want to spend any time with them? And like vice versa, or you could have somebody who's a six, but they're awesome. And that makes them a 10. Um, So I think... I think I would advise this person to let go of that one through 10 scale because I think it's superficial and you might be missing out on some amazing people just because you're stuck into what society says should be your um, match. I kind of embrace the wild westness that is like app dating right now because I agree with both of you, you like, you know, but at the same time with, because it is so subjective and also it's just like, because you're not there in person to get a drink thrown in your face or somebody be like, you know, you have the liberty of being like, Hey girl, or Hey dude, you know, like what's up, you know? Um, and then to just try to like, charm the ever-living shit out of them um and and just see where it goes from there because somebody who might be like uh you're a four but you're like hey look how charming i am and they're like mm, okay <laughs> like, <laughs> like the, those those things do exist and they're real but i feel like this is one of the few liberties that everybody from any gender identification whatever can just be like hey, baby, it's just a picture, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and go from there. So that might be true, but just, you know, worst case, they say no, and you're like, okay. And then you go on to the next nine or ten who you think you may not have a shot with, and they may be like, oh, my God, who is this person? So, <laughs> but I may be, I might be over optimistic, but go for it. Why not? Yeah. I, I mean, I will say that I do sometimes swipe left being like, oh, they're like, and it's stupid. I'll, I'll swipe left on somebody that I think is, is attractive and interesting. Cause I just, just I'm like, well, they're not going to swipe right on me. And it's like, well, to your point, Erica, it's like, well, I mean, what do I have to lose? It is just a picture. I might as well swipe right. Um, so yeah. Okay. So Tom does have a, a, a second part to this question. Um, <laughs> So Tom says, do you think if you meet someone for the first time and something about them is negative or ugly to you about them, do you think you can ever get over it? How much time and energy should you invest in getting over it and trying to get to know the person? For example, if you go out on a date with someone and their teeth are really messed up and that's something that's important to you, can you ever get over it? What should you do? This is this is like the date when I went on the went on. This is like when I went on the date with the guy who had a stain on his shirt, and I couldn't see anything other than the stain on his shirt. 
I guess it depends on yeah. how important it is to you. True. I, mean, yeah. I guess teeth could be fixed if it, but yeah. how, do you, how do you go about saying, oh, gee, have you ever thought about getting Invisalign? <laughs> oh, right. Or like how much does this personality outshine his teeth? Uh-huh. You know. Well, yeah, and it's like, so I went out with that one guy who, remember, he had, like, crumbs on and whatever, and he had, and teeth are not something I normally notice, but I did notice his mouth in a way that I was like, that's not a mouth I want to kiss. And so I think if it's something like that, then that's harder to get. I mean, like, you need to want to kiss the person that you're dating. That's um, unless Unless you're in an asexual relationship, which, okay, you know. Uh, but otherwise, you know, that should be something that you want. So I think if it's something that makes you really unattractive to them, but if it's something minor, I mean, hopefully their personality is going to outshine that and it's not going to be a big deal. And, I mean, I know that I've had people where I – didn't think they were, I thought they were beautiful. And then as I got to know them, they seemed uglier to me. And so it's like, that's because their personality is ugly. So if their personality is beautiful, I think you can overlook through time a lot of stuff, that superficial stuff, and you fall in love with other parts of them and probably, and then find them attractive, you know? Right. Although they're, uh, to be fair to all parties, they're sometimes like, you're like, uh, like I love his personality. I love her personality, but, uh, you know, that grill, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. It can be, it can be hard to, to over, to overlook. So there is some, some merits to both what you're saying and to the, the example, you know, given. So it's just, Oh, 100%. You really like Sometimes oh, you can't. Oh, no. I'm sometimes sorry. you can't get over it. Yeah, I wasn't saying sometimes, you yeah, Sometimes you can't, you know. Uh, I have another great example of this. I went on a date last, this was pre-COVID. This was a while back ago. And I went on a couple of dates with this guy, and he was very nice, and we got along great. And he would have been a good person to have a relationship. But he reminded me of my brother-in-law, whom I despise. Yeah. So there was nothing in the world that he could have done that would have made me think of him as anything other than, oh, my God, he looks like my brother-in-law. Okay. Um, all right. We've got another question from uh, Frazzled in Fresno, Kennedy S. So thank you so much for writing in. Kennedy says, good day, my wonderful ladies. I don't have much time to write this message. I'm typing from the airport. So hopefully I can make this quick. I have been wrestling with dating for my entire life. Countless hours of nauseating swiping. I occasionally get some nibbles to work with, but so much hard work with so little to show. The one bad date story that I will never forget, dot, dot, dot. I went to a birthday party a year back thinking I was the date, and lo and behold, they were with someone else holding hands and getting intimate. What? Why did they even invite me in the first place? It was the third date. I don't see how there was room for confusion on their part about my role. I didn't stick around much longer, but it was like a dagger ripping through my chest the rest of the evening. Thank God stories like that don't happen often. What happens most of the time is just meeting people where there is no spark. Don't get me wrong. Most dates are nice and I uh, most dates are nice people and I dig their company. I sometimes go on a few dates with someone, but nothing ever advances beyond that. 
It can be so frustrating and humiliating psychologically. Hearing other coworkers constantly talking about their kids, family vacations, or weddings doesn't help. I am sure they don't realize this, but it is sending me to therapy faster than a toupee in a hurricane. <laughs> I love what, the analogy. I love that. What What is wrong with me? I could see myself being friends with most of these people I meet, but nothing more. Am I putting too much pressure on these first dates? Maybe if I put more time and energy into some of these people, the relationships could blossom. Frazzled in Fresno, Kennedy S. God, I feel that. I'm like, I want to reach out and give her a hug. So I'm yeah. Like, God, I feel that so hard. Listen, Fresno. It's just a matter of time. Just, It sounds easy from somebody who doesn't know your situation, but keep keep doing what you're doing. And don't get sidetracked by certain events like the one you just described, which is terrible, by the way, and you've got our full uh, sympathies. But there's going to be something that's going to happen, and you're going to feel A-OK about everything. So just keep going strong. It, it sounds super generic, and it probably is, but you're going to be okay. I promise. And I'm going to say you should totally come on the podcast and give us more details about this. And then I will tell you about how I invited a guy to my birthday party that I liked and he brought a date. And then I proceeded to drink too much and make an ass of myself in the bar, which I'm still ashamed to show my face in. But, um, yeah, it's funny, as I was reading this, I was thinking about that incident with you, Amy, but the rest of it, I feel like I could have written, I mean. That that whole, I, I don't know how many times in any given week I say, I keep meeting people and there's no connection. All I can say is, you are so not alone. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I don't know how to fix that. If I did, I feel like. I'd be out enjoying myself right now, not lamenting that I'm not dating. Um, but yeah, I'm sending a hug and God, I feel you, girlfriend. You you are not alone on this. Yeah, I I mean I think I think this really resonates with both me and Amy. I think we've been there. I I think we are there a lot of the time. I yeah. think it comes more easily for some people than it does for others. And, um, yeah, I mean, it it sucks. So I'm, you know, hang in there. And hopefully you will meet somebody who you do feel that spark and connection. Um, the couple of specific questions that, that um, Kennedy asks um, says, you know, first of all, there's nothing wrong with you. Um, nothing at all, I think. Again, we talk a lot about on the show about society's expectations of what relationships should look like and what how people should act and what what is expected of us. And, you know, and I talk a lot about how I believe a lot of that's bullshit. Um, And so I think it's just maybe expanding, you know, being more open to maybe going out on a second or third date with somebody you didn't have a spark with and seeing if it develops into a spark. But I don't think there's anything wrong with you. You ask her if you're putting too much pressure on the first dates. 
and that that could be so that might be something to look into I know I do like I it's it's funny because I've dated friends and I've developed crushes on friends and that always feels like more organic and natural to me than if I go out on a date with someone um, first and I think it's because when I go out on a first date with somebody I really am evaluating like okay do I want to kiss this person do I want this do I want that do I want to you know, are, do you think we'll be together long-term? Like, do our values match up? And instead of just like going with the flow more, which is like what I do with my guy friends. And so that's sometimes blossom into more. So maybe, I don't know, maybe, yeah, maybe just thinking about if you, you know, being like, Hey, the first date isn't really where I'm trying to feel a spark. The first date is just, if I'm trying to figure out if this person is cool enough to go out with again. Um, So that would be my only suggestion, but Again, nothing's wrong with you. There are more of us than society would lead us to believe. <laughs> and I, I would say just, yeah, don't, don't put so much pressure on yourself. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just, it doesn't work the same way for everybody. Some of us are, some of us, myself, I'm going to say Amanda included, it's a little harder for us, maybe. <laughs> and I feel like you're gonna you're gonna find somebody, and that this is gonna be hilarious, like two years from now, you know. Uh, just because once you remove certain expectations from yourself and from the other person, it's just to have fun. I, it, it sounds so cliche and like so like daytime TV, but seriously, like kind of have fun with it, you know, just take off any expectations and just be like, this is an outing with a person who might be wonderful or they may not be, but whatever, like I'm, I'm having this experience and what I do with it is mine to determine, you know. All right. Well, anybody, any other, Amy, were you going to say something? Okay. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much, um, Kennedy, for writing in. And we hope uh, things get better for you in Fresno. You are less frazzled in the future. Um, all right. So let's see what else we've got. All right. I have one more question. And this is from Sarah. Um, Sarah says, hey, guys, I love the show. And I just wanted to get your advice on something. Over the course of COVID and quarantine, I have put on about 20 extra pounds and I've had some trouble getting it off. My pictures are mostly up to date, but I still feel like I don't quite look like what is in my picture. How do I go about letting people know that I'm trying to lose the COVID weight without making it sound like I'm making excuses? And also, what if my pictures don't quite match up? Is there a 10 pound difference or 20 pound difference? And what my pictures show and what I look like in real life, when am I being somebody who is misrepresenting themselves? I hope that you can help answer this question. I don't think I'm the only person going through this right now. Love the show. Can't wait to hear your advice. Thanks. And that was Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Thank you. Like, and you're not the only one. I, I guarantee you, you're not the only. And even before COVID, you weren't the only. One. <laughs> so I think if like if you have up to date pictures, I and I feel with COVID that there's a an understanding with adults that there's been a few things happening in the past year 
Um, And again, you just being yourself and being honest and just being like, hey, this is what it is. It may or may not be permanent. You're you're going to be okay. I'm wondering if you could put something in your um, like if they if she could put something in her profile like trying to get back to life after COVID, um, trying to establish a health healthy lifestyle. I I you know whatever if she's exercising or dieting or whatever you know just. Like I, I like to cook or I'm I'm working on I, I started going to a gym or you know something that says, Hey, I'm I'm healthy and active but yeah, you know, not like broadcasting it, but being like this is this is my lifestyle and we're all a work in progress or, or whatever. Just spitballing ideas. Yeah, I I know on my OkCupid, I I think there's a question about, like, current goals or something, and I think, and it's buried on my profile, it's not front and center, but I think it's, like, you know, just working on, I'm working on taking off some of this COVID weight that I put on during quarantine or something, I did some, it was something like that, but I, so I stated it really matter-of-factly, but I kind of buried it in the profile, because I didn't want to highlight it, but I wanted somebody to kind of, if they did take the time to read my profile, you know, no, you know, but I, I, I had a hard time with that. Cause I also, you know, I, I mean, it's not like pre COVID I was thin, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, but um, I don't know. I just, I understand 100% Sarah's concern and like, I guess, you know, trepidation. But I think to like what you guys are saying, I mean, people ever, we all went through COVID and yeah. some people didn't end up putting on 20 pounds and that's awesome. But I think most of us know enough people who did and we know that the stress hormones m- made it harder for people to take off weight and it easier for people to gain weight. And we know that just our lifestyles became more um, sedentary. So it's like, I feel like anybody who's worth going out with is going to be cool with it. And then, you know, even if you just say to them, like, hey, like, I'm trying to take off a little bit of this COVID weight. So like, anytime you want to go for a walk or a hike, um, or do something active, like I might be slower than I usually am, but like, I'm, I'm up for doing anything active, and sort of make it turn it into something that you could do together with your potential partner. Um, you know, rather than, because I think the deal is, it's like, People want to say, because, you know, we live in a fat phobic society. And so we stereotype people who are overweight as being lazy and being unintelligent and all those things. And so I think if there's a way that you can kind of not that anybody should have to dispel that stereotype because they're all bullshit. But I totally understand why somebody would kind of want to and be like, hey, look, I'm I am an active person. Um, and plenty of people who are overweight are active and never lose weight. So all of it is, is fine and good. But, um, when you're, when you put on 20 extra pounds from what you're used to, of course, it doesn't make you feel like yourself. So Sarah, I, I think we all, (laughs) you know, feel your pain to some extent and wish you the best of luck and, um, please update us. Let us know, um, how things go for you. 
I think we've answered everything. Honestly. Yeah, we we have. We've answered everything. And I mean, I think we did a damn good job answering everything. We solved, we've solved all the world's dating problems. <laughs> <laughs> Except for our I don't own. Know. Do you guys want to do a bonus round? Because, yeah. <laughs> so do you want to read yes. your solicitor mail that you have? If you had to tell your 15-year-old self something for the future for dating, either the future of online dating or just dating in real life, what would you tell yourself? Or at least your 20-year-old self or your 25-year-old self or your 30 self. Like, yeah, I mean, I think my 15-year-old <laughs> self would have been like, what are you talking about? Okay, I think 15 is a bit young. So let's, um, let's go with 21. We were like, woo, I can drink and I'm an adult. Ah, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think I would tell myself, take more chances and don't be afraid of rejection because who the fuck cares? I think I'm still telling myself that. And I still don't always listen, but I think that that's, I think that's what I should have been told at 21. I feel like I would have been like, slow your roll a little bit. Um, and just slow down. Not like I was going like full speed, like arms windmilling, you know. That Erica, or, she's fast. <laughs> that fast but it was just been like now everything is love just because you're like into a dude so oh yeah oh yeah good that's a good one (laughs) I was gonna say something to my 21 year old self I would have said stick with the long distance relationship give it a little more time hmm that's a great question. All right. Do you have any others? Um, I'm such a nice guy. Why can't I get dates? Oh, I mean, boy. And not the nice guy. Like, I held, like, you know, I put, like, my coat on your shoulders when it was raining. Like, I feel like this is something a little bit more, like, I was polite. I, like... I stood my distance when you asked me to stand my distance. It, it's not the, I was nice to a chick, so she should totally go out with me. Like, I feel like it's the legitimate, like, I was respectful, like, I listened, I did all these things, and nothing. So. I mean, I think there's a lot of answers to that question. One is sometimes, like, the chemistry just isn't there, and it's not anybody's fault. Um. <laughs> I think also everybody thinks that they're nice. Have you ever met anybody who thinks they're an asshole? No. <laughs> everybody thinks that they're they're great. So it's like, I mean, I would maybe examine, like, what, what are you doing? Like, it's not always about, well, for instance, I mean, holding the door for me, which I, I know isn't necessarily what this person is talking about, but, like, you know, I like someone who holds the door open for me, but I also like somebody who accepts when I hold the door open for him. And I think a lot of self-described nice guys think that they're just going through all these motions of what a guy is supposed to do and and not looking at their date as another human being, but as this like, 
oh, you're a woman, you must act this way. I'm a man, I must act that way. And it's like, well, you can be nice all day long, but we're not going to vibe if that's, and you might vibe with somebody else, but we're not going to vibe. And there's nothing, you know, nothing wrong with you or nothing wrong with me. We're just not a match. And then, I don't know, also, sometimes I think people guys are trying to be nice and so they're not forward enough. It's like, you know, I mean, like, consent is super important to me, but, like, that also doesn't mean that you don't make a move ever. <laughs> and so I would look at that as well. Um, so, are you know, you can be a nice guy, but are you showing that you're interested? Are you showing that – are you complimenting in a way that's not skeevy? Which I understand can be hard. It's like – you know, if you if you're not confident in in that, um, I would just say keep trying. I mean, I also, I mean, I feel like I'm a nice, cool person. Like, why am I still single? I mean, there's got to be reasons, and like, I need to look inward at what I'm doing to figure out why I'm still single. Like it, and so I think just any nice guy out there who's having that same feeling, just maybe look at what you're doing and what your approach is. Um, and last week we heard from that interview with Scott who had a lot of different tips and ideas of how he's tried to change how he dates to make it work more for him. And I think, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I kind of, I kind of like dominated that answer. Do you guys have anything to add? Sorry. No. No. And it's, oh, I was just going to say, (laughs) you go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I feel like it's a very arbitrary question. It, it yeah, it, it's hard to say because I, like you said, we're all, we all try to be nice. No one, well, maybe some guys set out to try to be an asshole, but those are the ones that give everybody else a bad name. And we don't know if the listener is, oh, he did say a nice guy. Um, yeah, I I don't really have anything else to say about that. It just and I I kind of feel for the dudes who are like legit trying to be nice and not the guys who are like I'm feeling the nice guy role and you mm-hmm. girls are mm-hmm. doing what I was expecting you to do. Let me put it that way. And yeah. it's just things I can't say anything because I'm a female. And I don't know, because I'm a straight female, I'm not a dude trying to, I'm not a straight male trying to woo over straight females. So I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, But I feel like as much as fucking played out, sorry, Amanda, I'm backing up because I don't need quite as many (laughs) F-bombs. It's you do have as many F bombs as you want. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But still, <laughs> I, I feel like it, it detracts from what I'm saying. Like, I don't understand what you're going through because I am not a straight dude trying to find a straight female. But as a straight female who, who is trying to find a straight dude, I feel you. There is somebody out there. Be yourself. Be polite. Someone is out there. So don't feel like you need to take any shortcuts. Don't feel like what you're doing is incorrect because it's not. It's appreciated. 
it's a matter of circumstance, but please, like, keep doing the right thing, and you will find that person. Yeah. All right, anything else? Well, thank you to all the listeners who wrote in, and we really appreciate it, and hopefully we um, gave you guys some good advice, or at least gave you something to, uh, you know, say these girls don't know what they're talking about and uh you know that's cool we too hear that too if you please. disagree yes <laughs> yeah so please write in and this um is our last episode of this season we wanted to finish out with a Q&A episode because we love them so much but we will be back this fall so please keep writing in please subscribe if you have not already on whatever podcast app you listen to us and you can also email us at letswipepod at gmail.com. That's letswipe without the apostrophe pod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at letswipepodcast on Instagram. And uh, without with, with that, I guess we are saying see you later. Bye, everybody. Bye. See you later. Bye.